clock in, never clock out. No way with the slackers. No, no way with the slackers. No, 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 no way with the slackers. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Clock in, never clock out. Time to lay down some serious sound. I pray we never mock the word. Time to lay down some serious sound. Hear ye, hear ye, it's a flood warning, it's easy to mock, if you've never seen it pouring, they like, we've never seen rain before, they hear you come saying God sent it's gonna pour, so we choose our way, and reject salvation though it's priceless, the same reason we're stone a prophet, but you're sort of psychic, so please remember, when Noah was the butt of the joke, but when the flood came, those who left was chasing his boat, but it was too late, no man could stay afloat. Even if Michael Phelps in his prom with the strokes uh, Flood even cover mountains like cloaks To clouds where I view, like you, looking like smoke uh, The depth of sin will have you laughing at hope And only take Jesus serious as gold on the rope Hanging on chain, merrily blaspheming his name Because judgment is an instant, we think it's rap is a game uh, I pray we never mock his word uh, I pray we never mock his word Church let us never mock his word, uh. Let us never mock his word, glorify him. Yeah. Let us glorify him. Church glorify him. Let us never deny him. Too often church becomes like a circus or a game show. Prophets are only good things, another gimmick to attach his name on. Never seen someone leave for joy when being robbed. Cause they're convinced the false prophecy is the voice of God. The glory of God is not enough, so a seed for earthly treasure. Competing for itch and ears, so-called prophets are fortune tellers. Who wanna be seen, abuse the scriptures, lusting for green. And so the world samples and blaspheme over Christian themes. Question, what? What does the world mock us? We're cool with it, as long as it leads to profits Toxic seeds only breed and lead to more robbers With the form of godliness, but no power Humble us, question, what is perspective? He supplies the very breath we use to reject him But help us love repentance and never mock your word Till our appetite for the things of this world have been curved I pray we never mock his word I pray we never mock his word Church let us never mock his word, uh. Let us never mock his word, glorify him. Let us glorify him. Church glorify him. Let us never deny him. Time to lay down some serious sound. Yo, 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 welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Yes, yes, yes. I'm super excited. Have a great show today for you guys. Listen, that was the featured song for this episode. It's my first single as a solo artist titled Mocking Word featuring my mother in the gospel or one of my mothers in the gospel, Esther Smith. It's from my upcoming solo project. This is going to be my first solo project as a um, solo art, um, my first project as a solo artist. Um, but listen, man, make sure you guys stream and download Mocking Word. Um, I'm God willing, I may have another single 
dropping next month and that'll probably be the last single I drop until the actual project. But listen, I'm so excited about what God is doing. I have a great show today for you guys. But listen, I want you guys to visit pathofrevelationnow.com. I want you guys to check out the the blogs, the music videos, make sure you stream and download Path of Revelation's last project. Uh, the Peculiar, which is also available on all digital outlets. Listen, man, I'm just excited about what God is doing, and I'm excited to um, to jump into this show today. Um, I've been getting great feedback uh, from the last few weeks. Um, I want to welcome all of the new listeners to the Path of Revelation podcast because the show has been growing over the last month. Um, I want to encourage you, if you are a are a new listener uh, to the show. I want to encourage you to go back and check out the other shows. They'll be a blessing to you. But listen, um, last show, I dealt with the Kanye West Sunday services. And so I really want to use that to transition into the new topic for this show, which is respect of persons. Respect of persons. I really believe respect of persons is a serious problem in many of our churches. And I think Kanye West, this Kanye West situation represents a good example of that. And what I mean by that, the moment someone with fame or celebrity professes Christ, we immediately open up our pulpits to them. We let them run our services and we put a microphone in their hand. And it's like we don't wait for fruit. We don't wait to see if their profession is truly genuine. We allow them to work that out in our pulpits. And I think I think that's a problem because it's like I question, like, would we be doing this with anyone else who was just talented? And, and, the, and the answer to that is probably yes. But I think the church has become more about branding Christianity and branding church than actually proclaiming the gospel and preaching sound doctrine. And so I believe that we, we, we've we've made the mistake of putting people in positions of leadership and influence based off of their talent, based off of their name, based off of their, their looks and their charisma and not based off of their fruit and, 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 and qualifications. And so I think as a result, the church has lost power. We've we've become at more advanced in our technology and our presentations, but we've digressed in our power. And so this is why I believe people are coming to church, but they're not truly being set free and delivered. Because we have a form of godliness, but we deny the power thereof. And so I'm reminded of Acts chapter 10 verse 34 through 35 and in this chapter Peter is being is being given a revelation from the Lord 
that there is no respect of persons in God. Peter had a bias towards the Jewish people. He was a Jew. And so he took the approach that the Jewish people were favored, um, were God's special people in a sense that God favored them above all humanity. But when you read the scriptures and you see Israel or or Jews being favored, they were only favored to be a light to all of the nations. But the fulfillment of that prophecy was to bring all men into fellowship with God. And so God's intention wasn't to favor one people above another people. But his goal was to use a people to bring all nations into fellowship with him through Christ Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 10 is dealing with Peter and saying, hey, I don't I am not a respecter of persons. And so in Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 35, it reads, so Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand he gets the revelation that God shows no partiality. In other words, God is not a respecter of persons. Verse 35. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And so, listen, I'm not saying that a Kanye or anyone else shouldn't be able to praise the Lord. Should, I'm not saying that a person of, of notoriety should not be able to glorify God. But what I'm saying is we have to watch who we're just putting in positions of influence in our church. We have to give people time to grow. We have to develop people. Here's the problem. I think one of the problems is we enable talented people because we see them as a vehicle to help fill the seats by entertainment. But we rarely disciple these people biblically. It's like long as they're singing and filling our seats and packing, helping pack our churches out. I don't really care about your personal life. I don't care about your spirit, man, and your and your personal growth. Longest you're helping the show go on. And so what, what, what I've found is in many cases, we care more about talented people's talent than we do their walk with Christ. And I believe this is the case because church has become more about branding and filling seats than actually discipling and holding people accountable. And so here's a reality. Talented people are enabled in many of our churches because they help fill the seats, but rarely are they discipled. Their private lives suffer. Their marriages suffer. Their kids suffer. Their home is overtaken by sin. While we have them lead our worship, while we have them preach and teach because they are the products that bring the people. And listen, I'm not saying this is the case with Kanye because I don't know his personal life. I don't know what's going on. But now I'm speaking more of my personal experience of growing up in church my entire life, being around church culture. 
seeing the talented people, seeing the gifted people preach, lead worship, um, direct the choir and lead solos in their in their personal life that the devil is wreaking havoc and they are going through divorce and families are being split up. And then the next Sunday, they're right back on the stage like nothing else, like nothing happened. And it's like, man, who's who's discipling, who's who's holding accountable, who's who's making sure that the home is 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 intact first. And so my concern in many of our churches is we don't we don't value we, we value people's talent more than we do their soul. And so this respect of persons, if God is not a respecter of person, why are we? Why are we? I've seen people put in leadership positions that they weren't qualified for, but they were put in those positions because they were the son of the of a, of the pastor. I've seen people be, be put in positions of leadership because their mom or dad had a name in the church. I've seen people put in positions of, of leadership because they're talented and gifted, but they're as spiritual as a rock. <laughs> I'm just being honest. And so as a result of respect of persons, I believe we, we, we enable these people. And I think like, even if we look at like what's been happening recently in like the last year or two, where all of these worship leaders and Christian singers and former pastors are coming out, walking away from the faith, denouncing their faith in Christ. And usually what, what I'm finding is when they're coming out, denouncing their faith, it's because they 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 were put in these positions, but they didn't have a, a foundation in the basic aspects of our faith. In a lot of instances. And see, here's what happens. We're putting talented people. Or people with names because their their dad is the pastor or whatever head deacon or whatever. We're putting these people in positions of leadership and they don't truly know Christ. And so what happens is, like all of us, they start going through life. They start going through trials and hardships. And as they begin to go through these hardships, because they don't truly have a solid foundation in the Lord. They been they begin to question Jesus. They begin to question their faith as a whole. And what ends up happening is they begin to use the platform that we gave them. The influence that we gave them. To voice their confusion. And ultimately begin to lead others away from biblical Christianity. Because we're giving people a platform for their gift, but we're not discipling 
and training them up in the ways of the Lord. Sometimes it's good for us just to just sit down. Like I would rather develop 10 strong people in the Lord than to lead a ministry of a hundred or a thousand watered down believers or lukewarm believers. And so what I think is happening in many of our churches, we we have mastered branding. We're filling our churches. But people aren't truly growing in the fear of the Lord. People aren't truly growing in the understanding of Christ. And it's because branding has become the focus. And branding has become the focus and it's on the backs of respective persons. And so if this person is going to bring in a crowd, put them up. <laughs> and, and you know what? And I got to be honest, I've seen people who were qualified, who were truly anointed and love God with all of their heart, who should have been in certain positions. But because they didn't have the name or the prestige, they were overlooked. And because this person and because these type of people truly love God, they'll serve faithfully to the end and even serve under a person that they should actually be leading. I've seen it. And so respect of persons, I believe, is a real, real issue within the church. And so listen, church, it's time for us to put the focus back on Jesus. It's time for us to decrease that he be increased. And so I begin to ask myself, who is the greatest in the kingdom? The disciples asked this question in Matthew 18. Who is the greatest in the kingdom? Is it about titles? Is it about position? Because I see in many of our churches, we care so much about titles. Everybody's working for the next level. I'm trying to become a bishop. I'm trying to become a pastor. Oh, I'm trying to become head, head deacon. And, and we esteem position like these titles mean too much to us. We view these titles as an opportunity to puff up ourselves and build ourselves up instead of an opportunity to serve God in a greater capacity. And so who is the greatest in the kingdom? Is it about titles and position? Is it about our last name? Is it about who, who our father is or our, or our mother is? Is it about who our grandparents are? Is it about who, what church we're a part of? What matters to God? And so in Matthew chapter 18, verse one through four, we see the disciples asked the question. It starts off at that time. The disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child. In other words, Jesus, he's, he calls a child. He put the child in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. 
Whoever humbles himself, repeat after me, humble yourself. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Listen, I begin to think about because I have two young children. I have a five year old and a two year old. My five year old will be six in November. But I begin to think about how my children There is an innocence about children. They're a clean slate. They don't come with an agenda necessarily. They'll pick up your good habits and they'll pick up your bad habits just like that. Because they put their faith in whatever they see you do. And they put their faith in you without any doubt. With full submission And so when Jesus says we must be like a child, I'm reminded we must humble ourselves. We must lay aside our egos and our in our own selfish ambitions. And we must decrease. That he be increased in us. It's time for us to put the focus on Christ. So much of our theology is man centered. Like, it's almost like we can't truly glorify God without having an agenda like what is what's in this for me? Okay, God, I'm going to give you the sacrifice of praise. But what are you going to do for me? As if the cross was not enough. (laughs) Like, God, what are you going to do for me? Like, like, I need you to do this. Okay, I'm going to do A, B, C and D. God, I need you to do that for me once I do A, B, C, D and E. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, I God, I need you to do this. And, and it's almost like our relationship with God becomes a transactional relationship. Where it's no longer about, hey, man, I got to worship God because he's God. God, I just want to God, I just want to seek you because I want to be closer to you. Because to taste, I, I can taste and see that you're good to know you. In the beauty of holiness, like God, I want you to be the main prize in my life. But it's it's like because our theology is so man centered, God becomes a means of getting what we want. And he's not truly the actual prize. And so who is the greatest in the kingdom? In Matthew chapter 23, verse 1 through 12, I have to read this because I believe that this is dealing with the Pharisees and Sadducees and how they have such a desire to be seen and recognized and exalted. And I believe this is the result of respect of persons that that we see in the church. Respect of persons actually hinders the gospel, the advancement of the gospel. It hinders the move of God, us seeing a full move of God in our churches. And so as a result of respect of persons, we the, 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 the climate and the culture of our church and many of our churches has become of that which has a form of godliness. But denies the power thereof. People come in with issues and walk out with the same issues. People come in with wounds and walk out with the same wounds or even bigger wounds. 
And we and we preach these feel good messages, but people aren't truly being convicted and developed. People aren't truly being um, delivered. Demon possessed people can sit in our services and feel completely comfortable because there's no power because the people we have leading the services are there because they have a name. Or they have a talent. But they're not anointed. Because this is the anointing that destroys the yokes. And listen, I understand all of us as believers are anointed. Because when you receive the uh, Christ as Lord and Savior, you are anointed. But not every believer operates in the anointing. Because that's another level. That's another step. That that requires consecration. That requires submission. That res- that requires humility. Man, I didn't even mean to go this way, but let me get let me get into Matthew. Hold on, I lost my spot. Matthew chapter 23, verse one through two. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses seat and so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do for they preach but do not practice. So in other words, they're hypocrites. They preach something that they're not even practicing themselves. Verse four, they tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. In other words, they're not willing to labor with people and and actually serve people. They do all their deeds to be seen by others. Now, look at this. They're not willing to truly they're not willing to serve people, but they want people to serve them. They want people. They want people to be servants, but they're not servants. And they do all these their deeds to be seen by others. So they're looking for attention. They're looking for approval and praise from men. That sounds like a lot of our churches for they make their phylacteries, I'm not sure if I said that word right, broad and their fringes long. So in other words, they dress really extravagant and flamboyant like so, so people can look at them. And they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues. All I hear is I, 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 self, 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 flesh, flesh, flesh. Verse seven, and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not called to be, you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. So in other words, like we should never esteem any of our elders or teachers above the master teacher who is Christ. Like we should never put man in the place of God. Verse nine, and call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. So in other words, we should never elevate elevate our earthly fathers in the place of our heavenly father. Context. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. Now listen to this. Verse 11, the greatest among you. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. 
So who is the greatest in the kingdom? Who is the greatest in God's eyes? It's not the person who's chasing the title. It's not the person who's who's saying, look at me. Look at how talented I am. Look at I'm pastor of this church. I'm bishop. <clears throat> it's not that person. It's the person who is servant of all. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> Excuse me. If I'm scrubbing toilets, I'm scrubbing toilets to the glory of God. Hallelujah. If I'm ushering, I'm ushering to the glory of God. Hallelujah. If I'm preaching, I'm preaching to the glory of God. Hallelujah. If I'm working as security or fixing food for the church, I'm doing all that I'm doing as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord, the Bible says that we are to be cheerful givers. That is the heart of that is the greatest of them all. That is the greatest. Sir, the, 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 the greatest in the kingdom is servant of all. And so, listen, I like I was talking with <laughs> with my big bro, uh, Kevin, who um, and and listen, he's like a mentor to me. Full of wisdom, he's he's mentored me since I was a teenager. And he's truly blood wouldn't make us any closer. But recently, you know, he's he has a strong prophetic anointing on his life. Full of wisdom, great preacher. And he recently moved and he he joined a new church. And at this new church, now, mind you, at his previous churches, he's used to being teaching, preaching, was head of security when he lived here in Detroit at our church or one of the head of security. He's always been in a, a, a leadership position because he is a leader. But at this new church, he was asked to usher <laughs> a position that he's most definitely well qualified above. Not saying that he's too good to be an usher, but it's almost like an NBA player playing in the YMCA. Like his skill set, his 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 talent, or what God has put in him is a greater capacity than that. But listen, you know what he did? He ushered, and he did it to the glory of God. He didn't say, "Hey, this is beneath me." This is below me. He did it to the glory of God. One of the greatest moments in my life, one of the greatest moves of God I've ever experienced was when I was, I believe I was like 16 year old, uh, um, 16 years old. In my church, we had a, our young men's group was called Sons of David. And at the time, my brother Kevin was um, and, 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 and another guy was overseers of sons of David. They were the leaders of sons of David. And this particular meeting, we were doing, a, I believe, an overnighter at the church. And in this overnighter. <laughs> and if my brother Kevin is listening to this, he's probably laughing. But this the spirit of the Lord had led my brother Kevin for us to do something out of the box that night. And I say out of the box because it was really out of the box. 
he said, man, we came in and he, I could tell he didn't want to share it with us. He was hesitant. He brought all the young men in. We were excited. Okay, we about to have a great um, lock-in. We go talk about the word, but we also could get to play video games and watch movies and stuff and just hang out as young boys. And then he brought us in the room and he was like, listen, I feel led to do a foot washing tonight. <laughs> a foot washing. So he was like, listen, I hate feet. He's like, but I really believe that this is God. I really believe God laid this on my heart. As you can imagine, like we we like teenage boys, like 13 to 16 years old, 12, probably was the youngest age. We like, man, in our in the back of our minds, like, man, I ain't touching nobody's feet. He was like, listen. And he began to teach us the story. Hallelujah. He began to teach us the story of Jesus and how Jesus, our master, washed his own disciples' feet. Like, can you imagine that? God manifested in the flesh, came down and washed his disciples' crusty feet. Nasty feet. <laughs> and so after he taught us that, he, we set it up and we, we had a, a foot washing service, really. And we begin to pray and, and, and the spirit that man, the, the, I could feel the presence of God. Even now, as I'm telling you guys, like the, the, the tangible presence of God filled the room and all the young men begin to glorify God. We begin to worship God and we had an encounter with the Holy spirit that night. And listen, that night will forever be etched in my memory about the importance of humility and how the, the greatest in the kingdom is servant of all. Stepping out of my comfort zone and washing somebody else's feet. And we all washed each other's feet. And and they and, and I thank God for Kevin and now Bishop Chris Holmes. Like they taught us how to serve each other and how the the the, the real leaders, what it really means to be a leader is to serve others. Is to sacrifice yourself for others. And that is the greatest in the kingdom of God. And so if I leave you guys with anything, as I begin to wrap up, let's put the focus back on Jesus. Let's, as Colossians chapter three, and I'm going to read it real quick. Just give me a second. I'm going there now. Colossians chapter three. Verse one through two says, if then ye have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, the father. Verse two, set your minds or in other words, set your affections in the King James says, set your affections on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Listen, I don't want to be great in men's eyes and not be great in God's eyes. Let's seek to please God above people. And listen, you may not always get the accolades from men. 
Sometimes you'll be hated for standing for righteousness, not just in the world, but even amongst those who who profess Christ because they're lukewarm and they're compromised in their thinking. But stand firm and do the will of God. It's time for us to stand steadfast. It's time for us to stand flat footed. And put on the Lord Jesus Christ like never before, because this day and time, things are getting more and more evil. And I really believe that one of the greatest attacks and tricks of the Antichrist agenda isn't isn't to necessarily eliminate the name of Christ, but to come and preach a different Christ to preach a different one. And so let's commit ourselves to prayer. Let's commit ourselves to 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 fasting. Let's commit ourselves to the word of God, the rich word of God. And my prayer is that we become servants of all that when men see us, they don't see us. They see Christ. Listen, thank you guys for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast podcast. Listen, make sure you guys write in. Go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Um, also, if you would like to donate um, to my upcoming project and, and just the Path of Revelation as a ministry to put continue putting out godly content, you can do that via PayPal, pathofrevelationnow at gmail.com, or you can just cash app it to me, uh, Gabriel T. Parker. Listen, I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And you've been tuned in to the Path of Revelation podcast. And this is where the culture meets scripture.